unresolved grief becomes a distraction in your life that keeps you from purposeful living. Because at the end of the day, in the midst of chaos, you still have purpose. Welcome to Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole podcast, where we get real and experience freedom. I'm your host, Ramesha Nicole, an international teacher, transformational speaker, and coach who, after just 10 months of living abroad, paid off over $10,000 worth of credit card debt. However, I soon learned that the journey wasn't about the debt, but that it was a journey of internal transformation. Now on this podcast, I help you to shift your perspective on debt from the inside out by giving you the tools needed to pay your debt off for real this time. So get ready, y'all, because it's about to get real. Hello, 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 Freedom Fighters, and welcome to another episode here on Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole podcast. You guys are definitely in for a treat today. But before we dive into any of today's content, I want to send a very special happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of the amazing fathers around the world. Here in the U.S., we celebrate Father's Day every June. And so this past Sunday was June 21st, 2020. And we celebrated Father's Day. And I'm a daddy's girl. And so this day is very special to me because I am so blessed and so honored to have my father. My dad is my best friend. And as I continue to grow and as I continue to evolve, I'm really truly realizing just how much we are alike as we are different. And again, as I continue to evolve and grow as a woman, you know, we've been having some really grown conversations. And it's been a beautiful thing because I know that not only has my dad been called to be a freedom fighter, but I truly believe that he passed that on down to me. And so for that, I want to say thank you to my dad. Thank you for the work that he does in the kingdom. And just thank him for being my left, right, my front, and my back. And shout out to all of the amazing Black men around the world who are showing up, who are present in homes, and who are breaking the stigma of what society says a Black man is and what a Black man is not. And so, um, again, fathers, we celebrate you. We honor you. If this is your very, very first time here on Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole podcast, one thing I want you to know is that this isn't your normal debt freedom show. In this community, we believe that true debt freedom isn't just about the finances. We believe that true freedom lies in who you are as a whole in your mind, in your body, and in your soul. And my personal belief is that if you are not free in any of those areas, that it will not only affect your finances, but it will infect your finances. Today's episode is definitely going to really help us be able to unpack that as we really dive deep into grief. And oftentimes we think that grief is just the loss of a person, but oftentimes grief can be the loss of identity. Grief can be the loss of who and what we thought we should have, the things we think we should be. And if you do not deal with your unresolved grief, as my my best friend, and shout out to my best friend, Tawana, you know, if we don't deal with our unresolved grief, you continue to take it with you. And again, it continues to not only affect your finances in every area of your life, but it infects your finances in every other area of your life. And I am so honored and blessed to have my sister in purpose, Herdeen Mercier, who is the chief grief crusader. Come and bless our community and just to be able to help us unpack just how powerful unresolved grief is as it relates to how we show up in the world and our finances. Before we get started, I want to give you Herdeen's official bio. Herdeen Mercier is a licensed clinical social worker, certified grief coach, and transformational speaker. She is also the host of Redefining Grief Podcast. Her dean's life calling is to create non-judgmental spaces for broken hearts to heal so purposeful living can be restored. Her dean believes that happiness and sadness exist in a delicate balance. 
Her dean is committed to redefining how we as society understand grief. She defines grief as being a normal and natural reaction to any loss or change in normalcy. Through her teachings, her dean encourages individuals to understand that life is not perfect, but it must be lived. Her dean strongly believes the goal is to not allow our unhappiness to overtake the good times, the success, and the laughter, and the joys in order to maintain our emotional well-being. Without further ado, here is my conversation with my sister in purpose, her dean, Mercier. Hello, Herdeen, and welcome to Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole podcast. I'm so honored. I'm so honored. <laughs> y'all, listen, let me tell y'all how much I love Herdeen. I think Herdeen is me in a couple of years. Okay. She is like, you know how you have these people that you meet, right? And they are just a version of you. And you can just really see yourself in that person. Y'all, her Dean is that. Her Dean is me and I am her. And <laughs> her Dean, thank you. Thank I'm you honored. so much for coming to Real Talk with the Ramesha Nicole podcast. Thank you for doing a work and really redefining what grief is because, you know, in our community, like you've mentioned on your podcast, and guys, if you know, when you get a chance, please, please, please go in, you know, listen and subscribe to the Redefining Grief podcast because her dean is doing a work where she is redefining what the meaning of grief is, especially, especially in the African-American community, because we think that grief is just about a death, but grief manifests itself in so many different ways. Pardeen, again, thank you for the work that you are doing and thank you for just walking in obedience and in your gift. Thank you, sis. Thank you. You are welcome. You know, I, I you've met me at a stage in my life where I found me again. Can you elaborate on that? I will, sis. So if you met me, I've always been bubbly. I've always been full of life. I've always been the life of the party. But I had some dark times that kept me in my room. Can I just, I had some dark times where I'm like, God, can you just take my life? Yeah. And, 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 And I think the truth is in hearing you say, that her dean is me and I am you, it makes me happy and it makes me sad. Because if you're saying that and it's true, that means you've had some dark times too. Yeah. And like you talk about in your truth anchor, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And how I talk about in that, in my phase of present identity and past lessons, I have had dark moments and I've said the same thing. Mm -hmm. Lord, it's better for me to not just be here. Mm-hmm. Now I'm teaching this thing where you can get, not just teaching it, this is my life calling. I talk about it on the podcast. God has always wanted to me to be in this area of grief. Mm-hmm. And the way I rejected the calling because it wasn't sexy to me, you know, yeah. getting on the mic and talking about something so heavy and dark and cloudy sometimes. But now I'm on the mic making it sexy. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You know? and a, yes. And again, guys, listen, freedom fighters, freedom and grief go hand in hand. Come on, somebody. Let me say that again. Freedom and grief go hand in hand. And that is exactly what we are going to be talking about on today's podcast episode is the correlation between freedom and grief. Her Dean, I want you, you know, again, Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole is all about us shifting our perspective on debt. We know, and I always say in my introduction and my welcome is that if we are not free from the things, right, if we're not free, if we're not whole from things that have been holding us down, that it's not going to only, you know, just begin to, it's going to begin to manifest itself as debt and Mm. it's going to affect every other area of our lives. Can you just kind of give us a little overview in your own words? And we're going to go into your story. But can you kind of tell us in your own words how if we don't grieve, how it can show up as debt? Before I even get into if you don't grieve, how it can show up as debt, I got to define grief. 
Yeah. Come on, sis. Do that for us. So so grief is not what we think it is. You alluded to it earlier when you said the death of someone. Baby, let me tell y'all what grief is. Grief is a normal and natural reaction to any loss. Hair loss, your man done left you loss. Your 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 <laughs> the engagement is off loss. He left you at the altar. You left him at the altar. Whatever your heartbreak is is grief. Whatever divorce, grief. What I want people to understand about grief is <laughs> you think you can control it. We have been taught to put a muffle on grief. How, Herdeen? Well, when you were a child and you were crying and you were told, what you crying for? You want me to give you something to cry about? Mm. So mm-hmm. what happens to us, we now begin to, well, crying is bad and feeling sad is bad and not telling people how you truly feel in your heart and saying, you know what, sis, you did me wrong with your, you know, if your best friend did you wrong and you have to now say, sis, you did me wrong and that left me heartbroken. Instead, we mute that. We try to move on in the friendship with that. And a lot of friendships have ended because we were not willing to speak the truth about the pain. Or we say things like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We say things like, I'm fine. That's good. In understanding and redefining grief, you have to understand that happiness and sadness can coexist. Yeah, let me say that again for you. Yeah, I'm giving you permission to be happy and sad. I call it a a bipolar feeling. You know, if you know anything about bipolar disorder is one minute you good, the next minute you not. And oftentimes, have you ever seen yourself at a funeral gathering with your friends and your family? One minute you you crying over the deceased and the next minute y'all laughing about the good memories. Yeah. So it has you up and down. And then you think, am I crazy? And that's just for some people. That's not all. But I'm just giving you an example. Illegal issues. Did the love of your life get a life sentence to prison? You have to grieve that he's gone. You have to grieve that you are no longer to my single ladies out there. You have to grieve that you thought you would be married by now and you're not. Yeah. Oh, can you say that again? Because honestly, I've gone through that phase. I have mm-hmm. her, Dean. Yeah. yeah. You have to be, you have to be okay with talking about, you talked about the very first anchor that I teach is the truth anchor. And in talking about the truth anchor, truth represents freedom. But the reason we can't get the freedom, because we don't know how to tell the truth about our heartache. When's the last time you did a soul check? Mm. When's the last time you checked in on you? Yeah. Because, you know, you know, they say the truth shall set you free. And it does indeed. Hello. Hello. And freedom fighters, what do I say? That the premise of this podcast is found on John chapter 8, verse 32, which says you shall know the truth and the truth shall what? Set set you free. You free. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Period. You got skeletons in your closet. You got to find the right community to help set you free. Because what grief does, unresolved grief, what unresolved grief does is keep you from purposeful living. Mm. Unresolved grief becomes a distraction in your life that keeps you from purposeful living. Because at the end of the day, in the midst of chaos, you still have purpose. You are still accountable to God. And that's where I messed up. And that's why I had those dark days. Because when my heart was broken, I was like, I got the husband. Hmm. I got the kids. I got the house and the white fence. But I'm still not happy. There's something and my husband is good to me. My kids are good to me, but that purpose, I was fighting with purpose. It was that last thing and it was in my face all this time and I didn't know it. You were running. I I was running 
and I had unresolved grief becoming a distraction. And the moment I start digging down, I'm talking about anchoring down in that truth, ugly cries set me free, understanding that the storms of my life was not meant to destroy me, but they came in my life to build me up. It's perspective. How you see things, how you look at things. And so for me, looking at grief, baby, grief, you're going to all grieve. It's normal and natural. Somebody in your family is going to die. Your loved one is going to die. You are going to have to say goodbye to someone you love. Now, I've been to a lot of funerals. I even thought I was going to be a funeral director because I thought that's where God was sending me. Mm -hmm. Spent some time working in a funeral, at a funeral home, spent some time attending funerals of people that I didn't know. And it wasn't until about three years ago, one of my favorite scriptures now, it says, it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. For death is the destiny of everyone and the living shall take it to heart. Let me make it clean and clear for you. Jesus is saying here, it's better to go to a funeral than go to a house party. Now, I love the party. Mm-hmm. Like I Beyonce said, we like to party. Oh, hey. yeah. I love yeah. the party. Mm-hmm. I love to dance. I don't care if I'm on beat or not. You know, having mm-hmm. a good time, cracking it up. But what that scripture revealed to me is that there's lessons at funerals. Mm. Break that down for us. Okay, there's a lesson at a funeral. Like one of the things I learned, and I always give these same three examples. I got a lot more, but I want you to see that from my childhood, God was preparing me. So you already came into this earth with your purpose. You just need to dig deep, be willing to dig deep so that God can reveal to you what it is because he's always putting us in training, but the grief does what? Become a distraction. Now, let me go back to the question. So God is basically saying through my life lessons, I've attended a funeral, probably my very first funeral ever passed out on. I was seven or six years old and my parents would attend funerals, right? And I would Mm -hmm. cry if they left me home. I'm talking about, boo, why won't you take me to a funeral? Uh, I need to attend that funeral. Yeah, I I took pride in my funeral outfit. My mom, it was a nice white jacket with black buttons and a black skirt, like a wrinkle skirt that if I spinned around, Mm -hmm. the dress, the skirt would spin around. Man, my mom would get me so tight, my black stockings and my shoes, and I would attend these funerals. And I went to a funeral. I, I can see the church. I can see inside the church. Mind you, I was seven. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll be 40 this year in November. Can't wait hey, for that. yes. Happy birthday. And thank you. Hopefully, you're free to come party with me. But the truth of the matter is, at that funeral, there was a five caskets in the front of that funeral. Hmm. A grandma and four kids all white caskets, church packed. So much so, I remember standing in the back of the church, like leaning on my dad, and I passed out. And like he had to, you know, you can hear the fear in his voice, like, this is it, you ain't coming to no more funeral. He's Haitian, so we're Haitian. I'm a Haitian of a family of Haitian descent. And he's like, Opa Vinina, Opa Vinina, Opa Vinina, basically, he's saying, You ain't coming to no more funerals. This is it. This like, is this it. is it. Don't you ask to this go nowhere it. else. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. you ask to go nowhere mm-hmm. else. But the church was so happy. And yeah, but the lesson that I got, and I don't know if this how they died, but I knew my parents said they died in a house fire. So God says, when we go to funerals, there's a lesson that humans are supposed to extract from that person's life. But instead, we go into mourning. And there is a difference between mourning and grieving. Mm. Mourning is no hope. Black cloud. Grieving is saying that life is not perfect, but the requirement of leaving it is. Mm-hmm. So guess what? My heart is going to break. A man's going to break my heart. I told you, Jameson is the love of my life. 
Mm-hmm. Does he make me upset? He makes me upset. He makes me sad sometimes. You know, when I'm not getting my way, when, you know, he's, you know, but he's my life partner. He is challenging me to be my best self. Yeah. And that growth and comfortability don't go together. Thank you. And it's not always going to look pretty, right? Mm -hmm. Those are lessons. I've attended a funeral of a lady I did not even know. I drove four hours to get to that funeral. Why? She was murdered by a man who said he loved her. Mm. What lesson did I extract from that? I extract that a man will never put his hands on me. Period. But in order for a man not to put his hands on me, guess what needs to happen? I got to know my worth. Yeah. So when I look in the mirror, I have to grieve. I have to grieve this idea that my nose needs to be shaped a certain way, that my breast needs to be shaped a certain way, that my butt needs to be shaped a certain way, that my arms need to look like Michelle Obama. Because mm, that woman there. Can oh we my just, God. Yes. Can I just pause to have a can, silent moment of silence? Can we have a moment of silence for the Michelle Obama? You know, I named my second born middle name after her, Tamar Michelle Mercier. Yeah. We have to grieve this idea of perfection. It is perfection that is keeping us from a quality of life. And a man, mm, how I want to put this. A man is really, uh, I'm talking about a man, not a boy. Because there's there's a difference. difference. There's a difference, sis. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a man and not a boy. A man is attracted to a woman and he will chase her down when she knows her worth. A woman's worth. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you something Mm -hmm. just to kind of go all the way to the back where you, because everything that you are saying is really aligning up with my four phases. Mm-hmm. But you said that you learned what grief was from the past. And then if you did not, you know, when you were in those past moments, those past lessons, you took something from that. You took something from the lesson from the funeral with the grandmother and the four children that you probably would never play with matches. I never right? did. And when I had kids, mm-hmm. I sat them down, not scared them. Mm-hmm. I educated them. Mm-hmm. We do not play with matches. This is what a match is, is a match is good for. I allowed them to light the match, right? Mm-hmm. Because I had to learn from that death. And we're not learning from people's deaths. Death in life, those who are living, those who experience bankruptcy, we're not learning from our generation before us. Mm-hmm. So there's things to be extracted only if you're willing to seek wisdom. Which is what our coach does so eloquently, a great job of educating us to seek wisdom, mm-hmm. right? It, that goes along with us as we're mm-hmm. seeking wisdom, you're going to find our purpose. Mm-hmm. That's how you find your purpose when you seek wisdom. But you said something in the very beginning. You talked about how you had the house. You, ha- you have the house. You have the husband. You're walking in your purpose, but something just kept... It was kind of like you were in this cycle, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't shake it. And her dean, I had that moment Mm. where I was in this cycle. I kept finding myself in this cycle on this rat wheel, right? Trying to figure out why I can't get out of debt, why I can't get out of debt. Until finally, last year, when I lived abroad in Qatar, I had a moment, you know, the Lord told me to stop running and, you know, and to deal with my debt. Mm -hmm. But I soon learned that that journey wasn't about me just going to pay off debt in Qatar. It mm-hmm. was about God healing me. And I had a moment in the bathroom mm-hmm. where I was crying and I was like, Lord, I am broken and I need you to fix me. And because, he can only do it. And only he can do it. But what had happened was I had to grieve an expectation I had for myself. hmm Right. I had to grieve a moment in my childhood that was continuing to show it up, you know, show Mm -hmm, up and mm -hmm. was manifesting itself as not just financial debt, 
but emotional debt, mm-hmm. mental debt, physical debt, spiritual debt. I was running from my purpose. Same like you. When I said you am I and I am you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. But it wouldn't have happened, Herdeen, if I didn't get real with myself and I didn't allow myself to grieve. Uh-huh. Why do you think people have a hard time with grieving? They have a hard time with grieving and it's the very first anchor because what would the truth really mean? What would the truth really mean when you realize that your dad molested you? Mm. And what does that mean? When you realize that the man you sleep next to, you don't really love him. Mm. And the reason that you took him on was because you wanted to be a Mrs. Somebody. That truth, dealing with that truth is painful. Yeah. But, you know, I want to talk about finance. Can I keep it 100 with the go, freedom? Go ahead, um, sis. It is free reign, sister. Free okay. reign. I'm going to keep it 100. You know, my dark days came because my past kept showing up. My dark days came because my past kept showing up. Now. This is the short version of it all. If you listen to the podcast, listen to my podcast, you'll hear more of it. Long story short, my parents migrated here by boat. First generation Haitian American. As a child, I struggled. I I really do believe I'm undiagnosed dyslexia. Mm -hmm. I knew I was bright. I knew I was smart, but I knew I didn't learn like everybody else. Like I knew I had to play the tape of life over and over. Mm-hmm. To get it, to mm-hmm. get the lesson. But once I got it, baby, you ain't got to tell me nothing. Yeah. I knew that when somebody explained something to me, they literally had to write it out and give me an example. And when they gave me the example, then I can move forward mm-hmm. and go create my own thing. So mm-hmm. I really do believe that I, I was not diagnosed as dyslexia. But I... I wanted something great out of my life. Like I told my parents, I wanted to be a doctor. And, and you know, for Haitian parents, that's like, yes, be a doctor, be a doctor. <laughs> uh, but the grades didn't match to be a doctor. Can I just be real? The yes. grades didn't match because I wasn't diagnosed. Yes. You know, I was in ESC classes and I still was like, this, I don't get this. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is I still don't spell stuff right. I don't care. You know, that's what that grammar stuff is there. That's what an editor is there for. I had to grieve that stuff. Like, God, you, I'm in right now. I'm writing my book. You want me to be an author? Yes. And he's positioned the people to support me. All you got to do is accept the calling and God will send the people. Thinking about them risking their life. Like I lost an uncle. He was eaten by a shark Mm. trying to take that same journey that my father took, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to do something great. So I said, well, they said just get the grades. So it took me a long time, but I started getting the grades. You know, I started fighting where people would do it in two hours. I probably needed six hours to learn it. You right? just need a differentiated instruction. And from an educator standpoint, you didn't yeah. have the, you know, the modifications and accommodations. I, I did accommodate. You know? Yeah, I did it. I was like, OK, I got to get something. Well, you know. I'm going to do the best thing that I can. I'm going to go get my high school diploma, check. Bachelor's in social work, BSW, check. Master's. Now, I told Jay, you gonna you propose the night we finish college, but I'm not getting married till I get my master's. So we fast track six months later, advanced standing, check. Master's degree. Now I can go walk down the aisle. This is my story, and I got to get other women to understand this. This may not be your story. So don't now go create a list if you don't feel like that's the calling of your life to be a wife before you, you know. But for me, I wanted all that stuff done. And come out of school, we built a house, you know. Our very first home was built from scratch. And my sister lived around the corner. She built her house around the corner in Tampa, Florida. We doing good, right? Yeah. And Hubby woke up one day and said he wanted a PhD. I'm a supportive wife. Of course, honey, you can get a PhD. Then he drops the bombshell. It's in Tallahassee or South Florida. 
So you had to move? We have to move. Long story short, I cried four out. And you can listen to the couple's counsel to hear that whole thing that says, meet the wife mentor. That's the podcast with me and hubby. Mm-hmm. And I cried for four hours straight. I grieved my dream house. You understand? The dream. I was pregnant. My sister, as a matter of fact, I told you my sister lived around the corner. So the day I found out I was pregnant, she had already had my niece. Jameson and I were walking to her house. We walked to her house like literally two minutes away. Hey, sis. Yeah. And then I walk into her room and Jameson and I and Shalito, I call my brother Shalito. We walk in and I'm like, guess what, sis? And I'm like, what? I'm pregnant. And she starts screaming and jumping up. And she goes, I'm pregnant. (laughs) So literally, literally, (laughs) me and my sister are pregnant at the same time. Like Mary and Elizabeth. Yes. Dropping babies in September at the same time. Like my nephew is Cameron. He was born September 8th. Azzy, my firstborn, is born September 30th. And so pregnant at the same time, but we left in August. Mm. Heartbroken, touching my baby. My sister not going to be there for my delivery. Like that ugly cry. And I get here. He was like, you know, he sold me the dream. If we move, everything's going to go all right. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. That was the deal. Stay-at-home mom. Long story short, Homeboy with a master's degree, fine as hell, smart as com- smart as a whistle. Put in over a hundred applications. My man ain't lazy, y'all. No job. My man had to. My man, my husband, the 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 man that God gave to me, my life partner, mm-hmm. is now delivering sushi with a master's degree is now delivering a newspaper with a master's degree because he can't find a job, right? Mm -hmm. But guess what happens with me? I could. So literally within 15 days of me pushing out my firstborn, natural birth, I don't like needles, push that baby out, I'm back to work. He's the stay-at-home dad. So I'm grieving. What about that dream? That's grief. Yeah, role reversal. Role reversal. What about that dream? He's grieving too now. Yeah. You know, he's grieving too. And that went on, off and on for straight eight eight years as he did his PhD program. And in that process, what kept coming up for me is, I don't understand this, God. Now I'm letting y'all in my prayers and how I talk to God. I don't understand this. I was trying to make this generation better. I saw my parents go through bankruptcy. Now, why is bankruptcy knocking at my front door? How am I going to break this generational curse that you have called me to break? Okay. Ha-ha. How? Now, why my lights turned off? I experienced that as a child. Why my lights with a master's degree? Because you've done all the things. You've done everything right. I've done everything right. I don't get this. I'm mad with God. I'm pissed. Mm -hmm. I want you to stop right there. You were mad and pissed at God. Too often we have been taught. And let me just say this because I'm a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. Right? So I've learned religion. Mm. Right? wasn't really taught relationship. And as most of our generation has probably learned, we will learn religion. We weren't taught relationship, but let me just help somebody get free in this moment. When God says to bring your cares and your worries to him, that includes your feelings and your emotions. It mm. is okay for you to be angry because remember, Jesus was like, Lord, if it is your will, please take this cup from me. Jesus mm. was upset. Jesus was angry. He didn't want to go to the cross for us. He didn't mm-hmm. want to. He didn't want to do that. But he knew that that's what he had to do. And too often we think that we cannot be upset with mm. God when things are It is okay for you to be upset, but it's what you do with those feelings. Mm-hmm. 
because I did everything right. So I thought, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, you're talking about the word and this dropped in my spirit not too long ago. Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. He saves those whose spirits are crushed. My spirit was crushed. Crushed so much. I thought I wasn't going to make it that I pleaded. Don't wake me up. Yeah. Just don't wake me up. If this is life and I've done everything right, just don't wake me up. And what I remember is, is, do you trust me? God is asking you, do you trust him with your finances? Do you trust him to remove the mask of having a BMW and stunting, but you struggle every month to pay it? Yeah. Do you trust him enough to give you back everything that you have worked for that now you had to go through bankruptcy? I do. And let me tell you, that trust did not come overnight. I'm in my harvest season because I was willing to deal with the seeds that were bringing or sprouting things that were not true about me. I had to fertilize, you know? You had to get rid had of to those go. weeds. I had to get rid of those weeds. I had to grieve about my heartbreak. Harvest season, and I can say this, in literally in the last, and I'm just now getting comfortable with talking about money. Talking about money, oh God, that's a straight panic attack. I would leave my husband to do that. I'll be like, Dr. J, you handle that. Put it, da, 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 da. you know, you do that. You just tell me what you need me to do, honey. Yeah. But then God said, no, that's not how it works. And not because my husband did not want me a part of the meetings. He did want me a part. You know, I don't know if you're married to somebody that don't want you knowing the numbers. Huh? You want to think about that. He wanted me to know what the numbers are. He wanted me to know where the savings and and what the life insurance look like and and where this paperwork is. Like me, I I didn't want nothing to do with it because it it was triggering. It was a past lesson that you hadn't dealt with and it was manifesting itself as those weeds. Yep. And bringing up uncomfortable feelings. See, grief is not comfortable. Sitting in it is not comfortable. We've never been taught. I, ch- I really do teach my grief crusaders community that as grief crusaders, you got to learn to sit in sadness. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be hurt. You know? Yeah. It is okay. We have to grieve identities. You may have to grieve what it meant to be a PK. I, I, think, I just think, you know, I've always told Jameson, listen. When I first met him, I'm like, do you have ever plans to be a pastor? Because if you do, I ain't the one. I'm not the wife for you. (laughs) He was like, no. I just said, I just need to know because I'm not the wife for you. And this is the reason why. For me, I feel like PKs have so much. It's very rare where I meet a PK that didn't feel like they had to be perfect. Oh, yeah. I struggle with perfection. Praise and identity. Phase number two. Struggle. Mm -hmm. Still struggle to this day with perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've struggled with perfection. Uh-huh. I have. And I did not, and I did not want that for my kids. I did not. I wanted my kids to be kids. I wanted my kids to run up in the yard, get yelled at by other adults in the church, and be okay. Y'all be okay. That's mama correcting you. Yeah. That's the mother of the church correcting you in a loving way manner. Now you ain't going to be just talking to my kid trying to just, no, no. You're going to talk to them and you're going to correct them in a loving manner. If you don't know how to, I'm going to teach you how to talk to them. I can, oh, I can teach you and I can teach you real well. Yes. I'll teach you how to talk to them and for them to get it without, you know, doing anything to them that, that internal pain that, you know, belittles yeah. them. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, that damages who they are on the inside. Yeah, yeah. You may have to have grieved that. There's a lot of responsibilities that come with that. But with that being said, I think once you open your doors to what grief is power, Mm. when you understand 
oh my God, this is a grief moment. Mm -hmm. This is a grief moment. This is a grief moment because too many of us are worried about being cute on the outside, but ugly on the inside. You know, I have been, since I had that bathroom moment, I have been living by the saying, before you secure the bag externally, secure the bag internally. Come on, somebody. Secure that bag on the inside. And, you know, this secure the bag mantra, no, you got to be whole on the inside. Because again, if you are not whole and free in areas of your life, it is going to continue to manifest itself as debt. And it's going to not just affect, but it's going to infect every area of your life. Now, let me let me talk to your community right here and how it shows up in finance. Got to get real close to this mic because I want you to get it. Unresolved financial grief, that feeling like I don't want my child to be the poor kid in the classroom, that feeling of I have to mask that feeling that I was hurt, that my parents didn't have the resources as a child, that now you mask with your home, your big house, you mask with the job title, you mask with the car, you mask with the name brand clothes, however you decide to mask that hurt and that pain. This is the truth. You are really not in control of that grief and unresolved issue. It is in control of you because it is putting you in a financial hell. Mm -hmm a financial prison because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses so that you never feel like the poor kid. Those past lessons because of what you were and were not taught or your experiences. If you don't deal with it, it shows up. It will. And it shows up heavy. It controls your life and it keeps you from purposeful living. Did I ever want my car repoed? We got it back. I'm driving it now. Paid off and all. You know? Let me show you how it shows up. My car has... Okay, we we got the minivan. Yep, I'm a minivan mom. We got the minivan minivan moms. Shout out to (laughs) the minivan moms out there, okay? Shout out to all of the minivan moms out there. Yes, I'm a minivan mom. And we... My son, Jason, so that is probably 2012. In December of 2012, we got a minivan. Remember, I told you we still had, we needed a minivan, an extra kid. And now that's kid number three. If you count my brother, that's kid number four. So we needed a bigger car and we got the minivan, but we were still living paycheck to paycheck. We were on welfare. I just remember like the food stamp people being so rude and nasty and belittling. I hate that feeling. And we got the man, we were were doing our payments and then another storm of finances hit again. And I remember the day that Jameson came in the room. This is not our house now. This is our condo. And he goes, babe, and you can see just like a husband's heartbreak and pain that he has to tell his wife that the car was repoed. I knew there was a possibility Mm-hmm. But we thought we can get the money back together that it wouldn't be repoed. Long story short, the car gets repoed. He looks at me and he goes, babe, the car's been repoed. And I'm like, that feeling, I'm that poor kid again. But I went to school. I did everything. I got the loans to show it. Yeah. Help me understand, God. I don't get it. I'm mad. Yeah. You didn't hear my prayers. You're not listening to me. I'm questioning, right? Heartache. That's that heartache that I talk about. And in 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 having a hard time with that, let me tell you how it shows up. When things started getting right, first thing we did was pay off that minivan. Minivan's been paid off four years straight. Probably five years, more than that. Probably seven years, the minivan. How old is Jason? Jason's what? He'll be eight this year. Minivan has been paid off five years. Paid off. I have my title in my hand. Let me show you how unresolved financial grief can sweep 
like just come up to surface. I went out. I did not see a text that my brother said he borrowed the car to go to Walmart. I come back home. Dr. J, I'm in his truck, F-150. He loves his truck. Mm-hmm. I'm in his truck. And I look over at him and I go, where is my van? Mm. It triggered. It triggered you. Triggered. You know what I said to myself? My van has been reboot again. Mm. My van. Did you not hear me? My, I have my title to the van. My nope. Nissan Quest, I have the title. It is paid off. But let me tell you what grief does. You have flare-ups. Ooh, baby, I had a flare-up. And because I knew what it was, I turned around and looked at Jay. I said, baby, you're not going to believe what I thought happened to us after sorting it out with my brother and then scolding him. But like, don't be taking until you see me text you back, okay? Right. Causing all of this emotional drama that I don't need in my body right now. But you hadn't <laughs> dealt with it and that's how it just spilled right on out. It's, it's spilled right on out. And guess what happened, sis? I said, babe, I thought they repoed the car. And we bust out laughing. I had that moment of sadness. I had that moment of relief, like, ooh, nobody coming to my house and repoing the car. Yeah. And I had that moment of, wow, I'm st- I still got some cleaning up to do of the heart with finances and what it really means. Yeah. And so it, it comes up. And it's normal. Grief is a normal reaction to any loss. Hair loss, you know? We're yeah. taught as black girls that our hair is our crown, right? Yes. But what happens when um, alopecia come knocking at the door? Do I not have a crown? Is my identity more in my hair or than what my soul is needed of? That purposeful living. Yeah, that progressive but, evolution, that con- yeah. constantly growing. Right. Mm-hmm. And knowing who you are, whose you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my final stage in all my anchors, and this is the short version. The truth anchor is that freedom shall set you free. The heart anchor is really tell God about your heartache. Because some of us think we, that he don't know. Come on, he know our hearts. The third one is finding community that you can talk to without feeling judged. And I Purposeful mean, community purposeful community that is going to love support you without judge you i'm talking about without judging you and then the fourth one is faith because though i cried though i was mad with god though i questioned him though i thought well maybe he's not out there i've come to find out that i can't do it without him Mm. i one day i'm gonna have to say goodbye to my husband if i don't go first one day I'm going to have to say goodbye to my kids, going to college, you know, doing other things, living their best life. That's my only, my, just to support you live your best life. I'm not here to dictate how that life turns out. I'm here to love you and guide you. God would do the rest. The people that I'm surrounded, having a relationship with you, sis, is important to me. Yeah. A genuine relationship. Why? Because one day my eyes is going to close. And the only way I can really beat death, the only true way that I can beat death by leaving a part of my wisdom and DNA and my pearls of wisdom with everyone that I encounter. Because at the end of the day, people never remember what you said, but how you made them feel. Yes. This is a journey, and I honor you for allowing me to share the mic with you. Because guess what I just did? On this podcast, I just planted some wisdom that my next generation, the generation after me, can hear their great-grandmother say, Oh, Grandma Grandma Dean said this. Great-Grandma Dean said this on your podcast in 2020. But that's only able to happen because I allowed myself to go from grief to purpose. Because in the midst of chaos, we still have purpose. Whether I'm doing a grief retreat, 
whether I'm speaking, whether they're flying me out or I'm home, or whether I'm doing, being hired to do it on a Zoom call, whatever the reason is, this is my life calling to help individuals who feel stuck in life, who feel lost, who feel abandoned, get unstuck. Yeah. You stopped running from your internal debt and into your transformation. Come on, somebody. That's what you did. Oh my gosh, since you know we can talk all day. You know we can talk. But I know my my brother Jameson is not going to mm-hmm. want me to keep you here forever. Okay. Because <laughs> you know, you know I'm a little territorial with all my sisters, but I get it. You know, you're he is and you're you don't belong to me, you belong to your honey. Oh, um but, but hold on now. I didn't say what I birthed out of my pain from gift to purpose. I birthed the wifidence movement. Yes. And in the wifidence movement, I'm going to give this short. Y'all got to go to the couples council and hear the full thing. In the wifidence movement, I wear my brand called wifidence. What is that about? It was about a journey that after celebrating my husband, the love of my life, surprise trip to Jamaica, big time. Like I love to party and I do it well. Okay. I'm talking about surprise guest speakers, Dancing, just having a good old time, right? Yeah. Fly him out to Jamaica on the next flight out. Mm. All-inclusive resort. Did it big for my man, right? Got back home. He's on cloud nine. He's like, my wife loved me. One day I looked in the mirror. I'm like, who the hell am I? Mm. For eight years. I was a supportive wife. For eight years, I was the good daughter. For eight years, I was the good mom, but I forgot to put on my mask. And because I forgot to put on my mask, and I'm like, there's that purpose thing. I said, all right, I'm about to let everybody go. Mm-hmm. I looked at him in a text, in a text. I ain't even tell him. I was like, in the text. And that's not even how I operate. I believe you should have um, face-to-face <laughs> conversations. Uh-huh. And you don't set people up. You, you ask and tell them what the conversation is going to be so they don't feel ambushed. But I told him, we were talking. He's in another state. He was doing something with the Boeing Club that he's a part of. Like, he's geek when it comes to family systems and getting families right. But I, that that finance stuff kept coming up. You got your PhD, but we still struggling. I don't understand this, God. Why isn't it happening? Like I needed it to happen now. I needed to be validated that all that hard work, all that time when my gas, the gas stopped with me in my minivan, that time when the lights were turned off, that time when the lady at the food stamp office was just very rude and just, just not a good human being, right? I needed to validate that moment with your PhD and I still feel lost and I still feel hurt. So my only solution was looking at this good man. I need the, I need your community to get this, this good man Hmm. who loves support and care for me and his children. Your sister lost her mind and asked for a divorce. Because you hadn't dealt with your own unresolved mess was infecting your marriage and your identity and how you saw yourself because you hadn't worked on yourself and you hadn't allowed yourself to go through wholeness. And thank God that good man said, baby, this ain't the way. Let's just go to counseling. Can you just put me on your prayer list tonight? (laughs) Put me on your prayer list. (laughs) I got you, sis. Jesus is working on me. Jesus is working on me, okay? Yeah, I got you, sis. (laughs) Don't ever settle. I really do got you. And The truth of the matter is that good man saved our relationship. And I'm so grateful. Sometimes I just look at him and I'm like, I'm so grateful that you didn't let me act a fool because that grief would have had me act a fool in these streets. But your natural reaction was to run because your natural reaction was to run. And so often we think that running is going to solve the issue. But let me tell you what my best friend told me when I was abroad last year. And shout out to my best friend, Tawana. She said, best friend. We love you, Tawana. Hey, boo. She said, best friend, you are going to take you wherever you go. So whatever it is you need to deal with, if you haven't dealt with it, it don't matter where you go. 
you need to deal with it. You got real with God. And that's, you know, going to be the title of this episode, Get Real, Be Free. You got real with God. You were like, okay, Lord, I've done all the things. Lord, I'm doing what you've asked me to do. Mm -hmm. But then how did you get into that place to where you were fully, you know, you had finally dealt with your grief, right? And that you're now fully walking in purpose. What was that in between? Where was that shift? The shift happened for me when I sat in truth, when I anchored down in truth. And actually dealt with all my heartbreak. Mm. Mm. I didn't mask it with the job title. I didn't mask it in being Mrs. Mercier. I didn't mask it in being my birth name, Herdine Flelimo. I didn't mask it behind mommy. I didn't mask it by any title. It was just me and God. Hello, God. If I was born with a purpose, you got to get me there. And I'm not going to let you go until you heal my broken heart. Yeah. That's it. That was my moment. And I said, Lord, I am so broken and I need you to heal me. And then from there, it was like shackles began to just mm-hmm. break mm-hmm. off of me. Her dean, as the chief grief crusader. Yes, ma'am. If you could give you know, the Freedom Fighter community, any word of advice on the next steps of what they can do to walk in that freedom through the process of grief, what would you say to them? I would say the next thing is defining grief for you. What is that grief? What is that hurt? What is that heartache? And if you want to learn more, I trust me, I don't make grief boring. I really do make it sexy. Do she really does, y'all. And we I cry. Do. We cry, we talk, but there's growth in wisdom. Listen to the podcast. Join my new Facebook group called Grief Crusaders. Sis, you need to be a part of that group. Yes, yes. That's on my to-do list. Yeah, called Grief Crusaders. Join my free Facebook group. Well, we'll we'll have people come in the grief seat. We'll talk about grief on all, every aspect of it. Just being in community. That that anchor I didn't really talk about. And the third anchor is connection. There is power in community. You really do need that right community. I also want to offer them going to my website, herdeanmercier.com. I have a free 60, it's a book with Mm -hmm. 61 ways while people grieve. I was grieving my loss of faith. Mm. I was grieving my unmet dreams and hurt. And that book, literally, it's a free download book. Start educating, seek wisdom, seek wisdom. And I got coaching. I'm not going to lie. I got so many coaches. I got media coach. I got Patrice Washington as my business coach. I have... Which is my speaking coach. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, have, I have a sales coach. I have so many coaches because my heart desires to be great. But I need people in positions to help diagnose me like a doctor to get me all together. So seek help. Let's help somebody get free. You cannot live this life alone. You are not meant to live in this life alone. God created. Why do you think that Jesus went and recruited all of the 12 disciples? Because he knew that he could not, even though he could have accomplished the mission by himself, he needed those people alone, walking alongside of him to continue to preach and teach the gospel because he knew that he was leaving. Right. And that he was going to go back to the father and that he was preparing them. And that's what community does. Community prepares us to be the best versions of ourselves. You are not meant to do this alone. And as someone who has really struggled with, you know, doing things by myself because it's a control thing. But I realized that that control is a fear of failure, which was rooted in the thing that I had to go and grieve. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That fear Mm -hmm. of failure, that fear of something not, you know, succeeding. Right. It was because I had to go and grieve Mm -hmm. that expectation of what I thought that thing was. Right. But that progressive evolution, if you are going to experience freedom in your mind, like I say all the time, you can have Jesus and a therapist. Mm -hmm. Jay says that all the time. 
Go get you a therapist. I have a coach. I have a business coach, a speaking coach, a life coach. I have a therapist. I have community, right? You are not meant to go at life alone. And so please listen to what her dean and myself are saying, guys. You cannot experience this journey to freedom on your own. And if you still don't, you know, feel hesitant and you still don't get it, just go to my social media page, her dean. Mercier on all social media platforms, but where I really like to play is Instagram. You see how I'm making grief sexy over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to say that recess is my favorite time of the day as an educator, mm-hmm. recess. And so mm-hmm. I like to play on Instagram too. That's mm-hmm. my recess time. Perdine, again, I don't want to hold you because again, I know that we can talk yes, for hours. You know, um, you know, I got the house on lockdown. Studios time. I have to go so I can free the people in the house. <laughs> yes. Walk around in the house without making noise. So let's help the people, the people in the house get free first. <laughs> yes. And then everybody else is going to get free people. But before I let you go, I want to ask you two what I like to call truth for freedom questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the very first one is what does it truly mean to get real and experience freedom? For me, is taking a look in the mirror. And through your eyes, seeing your soul. Ooh. And doing a soul check. That just took the whole breath out of me. That's what happened to me. When I was no longer distracted that I was going to be the busy wife. And I was going to, you know, bring the finance home. And I was going to do this. And I was going to do that. And that time I looked in the mirror and I did not even know my own eye color. Hmm. There was a problem. Yeah, that's good. Mm, that's good. Okay. The second <laughs> one is, yeah, I need to go do a soul check. I really mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. The second truth for freedom question is, it's going to be a fill in the blank. And so you're going to say, my name is, mm-hmm. and the truth about debt is. My name is Herdine Mercier. And the truth about debt is it would linger and linger and go to the next generation if you do not deal with the unresolved grief of your debt journey. Mm. Y'all heard it here first on Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole. Herdine, again, you've already mentioned it and guys, this will be in the show notes. Please tell the people where they can come and play with you. Come and play with me on Instagram at Herdine Mercier, Facebook at Herdine Mercier, Grief Crusaders on Facebook group. Come play with us there. Go to my website. Get that free book. Stay engaged. If you want to know when my retreats are, where I'm speaking in the city, because you once you start listening to the podcast, you become a grief crusader and you're part of my community. So once I visit the city, I'm going to have meetups for grief crusaders. So if you want to know about that, if you want to know about my upcoming webinar happening June, you want to get on my email list. DM me. Tell me how I can help you in this process. Ask me any questions. If I know it, I know it. If I don't, I don't. Because I stand in my truth. And sometimes that is, I do not know everything. And I don't want to. Because the moment I know everything, community doesn't matter. And community matters to me. So I don't want to know everything. Like Patrice always tells us, stay in your zone of genius, please. Mm -hmm. Stay in your, your zone of genius. Herdine's sister, thank yes, you ma'am. so much for blessing our thank community. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And guys, all of that information will be in the show notes. I told you that you guys were in for a treat. That one was really heavy for me. And I highly recommend that. Just like her dean suggested that you take a look in the mirror and truly begin to do the soul work. Because as I mentioned, when I was on my journey in Qatar, I really didn't realize just how much I wasn't just running from the debt, but that I was truly, truly running from myself. Not only that, but I was running from the grief that had set in and as my best friend stated, continued to show up in other areas and I continued to take it with me. And I want you to break free from that. That is why I am inviting you to join the free Freedom Fighter community over on Facebook. 
Because as her dean mentioned, you cannot do this by yourself. You have to be able to be in a space, in a community that is going to help you walk through this freedom journey. And I too am committed to bringing people alongside of this journey with us so that we can continue to experience true freedom, mind, body, and soul. Again, I highly recommend that you come over and join the Freedom Fighter community so that we can continue to break free in every area of our lives, not just financially. Because my biggest mantra that I began living by is before you can secure the bag on the outside, you have to first secure the bag on the inside. Well, Freedom Fighters, that concludes episode number four of Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole podcast. Was that real or what? On next week's episode, we're going to be digging a little deeper. Kind of like Mama Odie from my favorite movie, The Princess and the Frog, who says, you gotta dig a little deeper. In order for us to truly experience debt freedom, we have got to dig a little deeper by going below the surface. And my sister in purpose, Latoya Matthews, is going to tell us just how inner healing is so significant to your journey to debt freedom. You definitely don't want to miss this one. If you know someone who could benefit from the content shared, be sure to share this podcast with them. Guys, remember, I am on a mission to the first 90 days to getting 500 downloads. And right now, We only have six, but hey, I'm not going to despise the day of small beginnings. We only have six subscribers and we don't have that many downloads. So let's get the podcast shared because my personal belief is that if one of us can experience debt freedom, then we all can experience debt freedom. Also, don't forget to come and play with me where I like to take my daily recess break, which is over on Instagram. Until next time, continue to get real and experience freedom by keeping in mind this principle. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free.